Hello, everybody. Welcome to the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. So happy to have you along today. And I'm very glad to have in studio with me a friend of mine that uh, I've come to know pretty well, actually, over the last couple of years. David Day is with me uh, today on the chat. Uh, he, You may know him as a, as a practicing attorney here in Cookville, family man, active in the community. And we're going to be talking about uh, his role in his church, Latter-day Saints, as stake president and some other things about the church. David, thank you, sir. Thank you for being here today. I, I appreciate it very much. I'm pleased to be here with you, Dwight. And it's been, let me just say this, too, on a personal level. Uh, we serve in the same Rotary Club and have for, what, two, two and a half years now. You've been, you've been a part of that club for a good while, and I was joined that one about two and a half years ago. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you and working with you. And, and, and among other things, thank you so much for your, your commitment to our community to make it a better place to live it's it's just it's been great to become your friend thank you dwight i feel likewise you have uh, been a, a good influence on my life and it has been a pleasure to get to know you and to be able to call you my friend well we, it's uh, we, we look forward to many more years together hopefully serving in rotary and it's a great organization and that's another topic for another day but we could talk about rotary for about four or five programs couldn't we we could uh david i want to um of course, this this particular show, the chat is about. Uh, we talk to uh, uh, pastors and church leaders about their church, about their life, and uh, we will certainly want to do that. But how did you come, David? How did you come to a place in your life where you realized that uh, the spiritual part of your journey, the spiritual part of your life, was the most important part of it? Were you raised in that environment? Did it something you grew up with? How did all that happen? I was raised as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. And in my home, uh, my parents taught us of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't know that I really fully understood the importance of, of Jesus in my life until I was about 18. I faced a lot of really major challenges, which could take another several <laughs> sessions, but I'm not going to The first to 18 that. years. But just let me say, as, a, as a, an adult teenager, I struggled. And during that year, I was able to come to a realization that Jesus Christ really was my personal Savior and Redeemer, that he, uh, he died for me and that he lived for me mm-hmm. and that he lives again. And I made the commitment that uh, I wanted to devote my life to him and to serve him. And so when I turned 19, I decided to become a missionary. And for two years, I served as a missionary in Taiwan. I learned to speak Mandarin Chinese, and I walked day by day, uh, face to face, with the Chinese people in Taiwan and taught them about Jesus Christ, many of whom had no idea who he was. At 19 years old? Yes. Wow. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I didn't know that part of your life. Yeah. yeah. So I was uh, in Taiwan from 1977 to 1979. And then I, I came home and went to college. I grew up in Johnson City. So uh, being uh, poor, because as a missionary, we did not make any money. That was totally volunteer and was funded by uh, our family. And I came back and started school at ETSU. I met my wife, got married, and then the rest is kind of history. Wow. How, what impact did your, and how many years were you there as a missionary? Two years. 
You were there two years. I, I guess that uh, you had no idea what kind of impact that would have on your life. I'm sure you still uh, you still look back and, and say, wow, that was a great experience, or what in, are your thoughts about in that? In fact, that, that missionary experience was one of the pivotal things in my life, and it, it uh, has shaped who I am and, and what I have done since that time. Yeah. Uh, there's rarely a day that goes by that I don't think of some aspect of what I did as a missionary. Wow. That had, as a 19, did something happen? You mentioned struggles your first 18 years, and I don't want you to go into that anymore than you want to, but did something happen between 18 and 19 that you decide this is the direction I want to go? I want to make this investment. I want to go with this in my life, or was it just a realization of the love of God? What, what happened? All of the above. Okay, okay. All of the above. Oh. But it's, it's, uh, it was really when I decided to turn my life fully over to Christ that I had that commitment. And yeah. uh, like I said, it's, it's something that I have tried to do ever since. I've not been perfect in it. Uh, I still see myself as a sinner, but yeah. I also see myself as one of those that's constantly trying to repent and, and get better. You know, there's nothing like coming. Yeah, and I remember... I was 13 when it happened to me, when I received Christ as my Savior. And uh, and now there was a couple of years there when I got to be 18. Uh, for a couple of years of my life, I got off to college. I thought maybe this is just for my mother and my father, maybe not for me. There was a couple of years that uh, – that I wouldn't uh, if there wouldn't have been, somebody accused me of being a Christian I wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been enough evidence to convict me as you know as you, uh, as you might appreciate as an attorney but but after a, a period of time when you you realize that really nothing else fulfills I mean you know when you you're out there and you achieve some things you accomplish some things you think is that all there is and really that's not all there is but all there is is having Christ in your heart and uh, and knowing having peace and having his love and knowing he has purpose for your life. I, I agree with you, Dwight. Yeah. And uh, so it's, uh, so that happened to you sort of like it happened to me. Well, now then, then you came back, you went to ETSU and then uh, after that law school. Yeah, I went to, uh, after I graduated from East Tennessee state, I got admitted to law school at the university of Tennessee in Knoxville. I was there for three years and then I came to Cookville in 1983, was here for a summer working for a local attorney, and then uh, I came back permanently in 1984, and I have been here ever since, except for three years from 2015, uh, I'm sorry, from 2012 to 2015, where I had the opportunity to return to Taiwan to uh, represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in serving as what we call a mission president, which meant that I basically supervised the missionary work and certain ecclesiastical work for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in all of northern and eastern Taiwan. In Taiwan? Yeah. Now how, so you were there first as a 19-year-old, and then what years did you go back, 80? 80, 80? I, I returned. I was a missionary from uh, 1977, 1979, and then I returned again. Uh, in 2012 to 2015. I want to talk about, so that must have been a totally different kind of experience. It, it was. Yeah. It, it really was. Uh, I, I 
went from from visiting with people on the street every day to to giving sermons in Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you learn to speak Chinese? I did when I was a young missionary. And no then, kidding! Yeah. Wow, wow. Hey, thank you so much for being with us. I look forward to to continuing our conversation. David Day, my friend, uh, attorney here in Cookville, is with us today. We're talking about. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and his role in that. And we'll be back with more in just a moment. We're back on the chat. Uh, happy to have you with us today. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. David Day is my guest today, and we're talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, David, you mentioned going back to Taiwan as an adult. And, and uh, you know, I know we, we hear a lot about Taiwan today in the news and what could happen as it relates to the nation of China, uh, the um uh, you have still friends over there, connections over there. You still communicate with the folks. Oh yes, I, I still have individuals that I'm I'm friends with. We generally will communicate via Facebook. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, I'll get a phone call. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, one of them will come over here to the United States, and uh, either here or when I go out west to visit friends, I'll be able to see them. Yeah. Are there, do you hear, are they concerned about their freedom over there? Or do you hear any rumblings from the folks over there about what may or may not happen as it relates to just the political environment? Well, as a church, we make it a policy not to discuss political things. Right. And so with uh, my young missionaries, I've, I've made it a point not to address those things. Okay, so they don't, you don't hear, they don't talk about that. Well, they may talk about it on their Facebook post, <laughs> but, but I don't talk with them personally yeah. about it. And you know the and and by the way, uh, and I need to just kind of back up and and, and make sure, uh, and and I don't hold myself out to be an expert, but uh, as part of the doctrine of the Church of Latter Day Saints, you you the, your doctrine is that Jesus Christ is the way to have a relationship with God, and the only way to have a relationship with God through a personal relationship with Christ. Is, am I right about that? That that's true. Uh, the name of our church is the Church of Jesus Christ <laughs> of Latter Day Saints, yeah. and and Jesus Christ is central to our religion. Everything else is secondary. Yeah. He is central. He is the the person that we worship. The Jesus Christ described in the New Testament is the the literal son of God. Yeah. Uh and we worship him as our savior and redeemer. Yeah. So yeah, you are correct. He is the way, the truth and the life and no man comes to the father but by him. We believe that. Well, don't get me to preaching now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you and I probably believe more more the same than we do different. <laughs> well, that that was my understanding, and that's good. And if we've got that in common, we got a basis for fellowship, as far as as far as I'm concerned. And and I, I appreciate you sharing that. I thought that was the case, and and uh, was pretty sure that it was. But uh, let's go back to the missionary now. Everybody in in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Um, the folks who take positions, leadership and otherwise, like yours as stake president, uh, and the local congregations, all of them, it's all volunteer. None of them get paid uh, at all. Am I right about that? That's right. All, all of our local leadership is, is a lay ministry. And also the other interesting thing about service in the church in a, uh, either a leadership calling or even as a Sunday school teacher or other position is none of us campaign for or sign up or volunteer for those responsibilities. We actually in the church call them callings. But all of these responsibilities are given to us by a church leader who uh, we believe through inspiration and revelation extends the invitation for us to serve. And so when I was called to be a young missionary back in the 70s, it was um, 
our president and prophet of the church that extended my calling to go serve in Taiwan. And I've had the opportunity to have different responsibilities in the church here in in Tennessee. And right now I I serve as the stake president, which was a calling extended to me by uh, the general authorities of the church who— Now, when you say general authorities, you mean locally or Salt Lake City? Yes, from Salt Lake City. Okay. See, in in our church, our our general authorities consist of a prophet and two counselors, which we call the First Presidency— the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. We believe in Twelve Apostles just like what Christ had in the ancient church. And then we also believe in the Seventy like Christ had in the ancient church. And so um, a member of the Seventy, under the direction of our prophet, came and extended the uh, invitation to me to serve as stake president. Now, a stake president is a, a lay leadership position where I have responsibility of overseeing uh, the organizational, administrative, and ecclesiastical activities of several congregations. A stake in our church is similar to like a Catholic diocese that oversees uh, several different congregations. So I I get to visit nine congregations and work with uh, nine different uh, bishops or branch presidents, uh, as well as other local leaders. Yeah, so that was so other other denominations might call it a district overseer or whatever. But now those those nine congregations are they pretty much here in in this area, or you, is that is that what a stake is? Pretty yeah, much they're right? they're here in Middle Tennessee. Our 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 local congregations, um, for instance, we have two in Lebanon, we have two congregations here in Cooper, we have a congregation in Sparta, congregation in Livingston, two congregations in Crossville, and one in Jamestown. I see. Now, in, in terms of uh, the divisions, I've read somewhere you've got stakes and you've got areas and you've got another term. Is that is that is that the way the, the division happens or the well, responsibility uh, here, happens? Here's, here's kind of how it breaks down. Um, we have, of course, the, the church leadership worldwide in Salt Lake City. Okay. And those areas um, from the, the Quorum of the 70, the, the leaders who are members of the 70, okay. uh, they preside over an area. Okay. Uh, like we live here in Tennessee in the North America Southeast area. And each area is comprised of stakes. So okay. we have a stake here. There's uh, two stakes in Knoxville. There's three stakes in Nashville. There's one in McMinnville. And, and then we have those stretched down into Georgia and Alabama and Arkansas and Florida, which will all be part of the uh, North America Southeast area. I think it may include Kentucky and Virginia. So that's that's kind of, of of how it works. I I have direct access in in my position to the church leadership in Salt Lake City, and and that and and that, and all those folks do it uh, out of an act, a heart of service, out of volunteer, out of, out of giving of themselves, out of actually out of uh, you know uh, Jesus Himself said the greatest of all is the service of all out of a servant's heart uh, because they love God and want to want to work with. For the church, well, as in the church, we believe that service to God and service to our fellow man are of utmost importance. Christ taught that the, the two great commandments were to to love God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, as we serve in the church, that's why we do it is to try and and honor those two great commandments. And uh, I want to explore this more when we get back, but. Uh, as as I understand it, uh, the uh, the congregation or 
church or, or gathering that uh, that your members uh, attend uh, deter- is determined by where they live. Correct. Okay, and so that, that, there's and there, and basically that that is close to close to their residence, and and, and they, they they attend there on a regular basis. Is that the way that works? That's correct. Uh, attendance is is uh, generally determined based on where you live geographically. Yeah. David Day is my guest today, and I'm very happy to have my friend David with me. You stay with us. The chat continues in just a moment. We're back on the chat. Happy to have you with us. I'm your host, Rod Henry, talking with David Day. David, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the missionary work of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Uh, I read uh, recently over 50,000 missionaries worldwide, and that has been as high as 70,000. What if they tell, tell me about that program? What, what do they do? How do they do it? How do they get to, get to be in that position? And how does that work? In our church, uh, all of our uh, youth are invited to come and serve a mission for God. The uh, young men, when they turn 18, uh, can come and serve for two years. Our young women, when they turn 19, can come and serve for a year and a half. This is a uh, totally volunteer, voluntary opportunity. Uh, there's no pay. They, they don't have to. They they, they 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 can volunteer to do it. Yeah, it's 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 not required for the young men. It's, it's strongly encouraged. Yeah. Uh, for the young women, it's optional, but for the young men, they're, they're very strongly encouraged. And what happens is that they they save up their money to go serve them for two years, or have their family or someone else come and and support them. And so it's. Uh, it's an opportunity where they get to do like I did, is yeah. to come and, and draw closer to Jesus Christ. But what really motivates them to come and serve is their desire to teach others about Jesus Christ. Um, in some cases, to remind them about Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. But like in my case in Taiwan, is to actually tell people for the first time who Jesus is and what he did for them and how he will change their life and and make eternity wonderful for them yeah what what and, and it's a two-year opportunity yes it's a two-year just like it was for you a two-year can you imagine as an 18 17 year old having had that the 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 opportunity the challenges the adjustment and it's, it has to be it has to be just life altering and life changing and on lots of levels well the the thing that it did for me is that first the they have guidelines that they're supposed to follow yeah, and uh, they have rules. It's, uh, they call them the mission rules. But the mission rules just ask the missionaries basically to follow the commandments of Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> and it gives them guidelines about uh, what they need to do in order to be successful, not just as a missionary, but to be successful in life. Uh, they're giving some training and instruction and invited to daily participate in personal study. Like they study the scriptures, yeah. uh, they, they read the Bible and they read the Book of Mormon and they read uh, things that will help them be effective in helping to invite others to come unto Christ. Uh, they are invited to exercise so that they get in a habit early in their life to, to be on a schedule of keeping their body healthy. Uh, they are uh, invited to organize their schedule and prioritize events that need to take place so that they can accomplish the work that they've been invited to come and do. Uh, the, the study skills, the organizational skills, the, the, the prayer skills, 
those set a great foundation for me in my life, as they do for these uh, 50 plus thousand missionaries every year that go out and serve well, all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it has an impact on literally every part of their life of skills that they need to carry over in whatever they decide to do with the rest of their life. That that experience is going to be just incredibly beneficial in addition to the blessing that they are in the part of the world that they walk on for two years. Oh, yeah. Now, also as part of this missionary force, I, I haven't mentioned yet that we also have what we call senior missionaries. Senior missionaries. And so those that uh, after they've uh, finished their, their work life, yeah. They, they have the opportunity to come and provide a, a service life to Christ oh, wow. by serving uh, throughout the world, doing things for him. And so we also have that opportunity. Also, we know that there are some young people that being able to go out and serve for a full two years may not physically or emotionally be something that they can do. And so those that, that might need an alternative, the church also provides service missions for those individuals where they can go out and serve in their community or another community to to better things for others. Yeah. And so if we have someone who might be tied to a wheelchair that just can't get out and, and proselyte, they can still go out and serve. Or if we have one that has uh, some emotional limitations or or mental uh, disability that that. They can't go out and do the things that the proselyting missionaries can do. We still want them to be actively engaged in serving Christ by providing service to others locally. I read the, I was reading the other day in the New Testament, um, and uh, one uh, the mother said of uh, the two of the disciples said, "I want one of my sons to sit on your right, one of my sons to sit on your left." And he said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Jesus said, "Wait." He said, "The greatest of all is the servant of all," and uh, you know, and and I know that. Uh, and and I know you know this experience when you just when you walk away from experience or you have one that you know that you were just used by God. God just used me to do something. There's nothing any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. And I know that that's something that you've had a lot of experience with. Yeah, and our, our church is is very very firm in its commitment to to helping others. And for instance, when we had the tornado come through here uh, just uh, recently. The church brought in truckloads of, of things to help with the tornado cleanup and for assistance. As we've had the ice storms in Kentucky, I remember going up there myself with a part of our congregation here to help cut up trees and, and remove debris. And uh, Also, we have humanitarian services throughout the world. For instance, right now with the Ukraine refugees, the church is very engaged in making sure that the suffering of those is is reduced, and uh, whether it's a, a hurricane, a mudslide, a, a typhoon, uh, or floods, uh, the church is very engaged in in helping our fellow uh, citizens of the world receive the relief that they need. And so, service is really an important part of what we do. Yeah, and you mentioned the verse a little while ago that Jesus said the greatest commandment, love your Lord, your God, your all your heart, soul, and mind, and then your neighbor as yourself. That's really, uh, and in, in uh, you know, First uh, Corinthians 13, uh, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And and uh, the best thing we can do for uh, is just extend, extend the same love that Christ, God has extended us through Christ, just 
on our daily basis while we live our life and do whatever else it is we do, uh, find ways to extend that love to others. And that's that's uh, that's paramount in, in terms of importance. I agree with you. Yeah. David, this has been really, really good. I've, I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much for taking time to visit with me today. Thank you for your friendship. I look forward to serving you with you uh, many, many, uh, much, much more time in Rotary and, uh, and uh, maybe having more conversations like this as time goes along. Certainly. I would welcome that. You can come back anytime. Okay. Thank you. We are so glad to have you join us today on the chat. More conversations with pastors, ministers, and church leaders. You join us next week at the same time.